Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we assemble to explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our sixth season, we are looking at the Avengers. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And I'm Pete Wright, podcast acquired, podcast angry, podcast angry. <laughs> Today we're talking about Minute 81, which begins with moving into position and ends with massive falling debris. Back on the show, we have Ryan Bennett from Black Girl Nerds. Ryan, hello. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me back. We all know why I'm here for this minute. Oh, yes. It's because you're such a fan of the colorectal laboratory on the helicarrier, right? Colorectal laboratory for the uh, wins. Sure. I mean, I wasn't going to go there, but sure. Yeah. Let's, let's go with it. <laughs> I, is, is it because we have now apparently decided, you know, anytime we have people holding on to aircraft, we need to have Ryan on. Because I'm like, wait a minute. Exactly. We had this exact same conversation in Captain America last season. Yep. Yep. Anytime there's an aircraft, put me in, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Outstanding. Fantastic. I, Fantastic. I had no idea you were going to be this predictable so early, but I'm glad we're here. It's Ryan Listen, and falling I like to keep aircraft. my life boring and predictable. Okay? I don't want to be unpredictable. Keep it one way, okay? All right. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we start this minute our pilot, our Young Shield pilot, played by Walter Perez. He's dropping into position into, uh, you know, he's going for the wishbone lab, we're just going to call it. Pete, I know you, yeah, have you your call it whatever you want. You, we all know it's the colorectal laboratory. <laughs> but this, I mean, it's an interesting view of this area of the ship. And I just, I, if, I want to start this off getting the opinion from both of you. What do you think of this method of getting, of dealing with Hulk to get him out of the helicarrier? I mean, I don't even know if their intention is to get him out of the helicarrier, but their intention is to distract him, I believe, is, is what they were aiming for. Uh, how does this play uh, for you? I think it is the dumbest thing <laughs> ever to shoot at the Hulk. I, I don't understand why they keep doing it. I'm like, it just bounces off of him. Like, it's just like little crumbs. It's like cookie crumbs or something. It just bounces yeah. off of him and he just, just like smashes everything. And I'm like, why do they keep doing that? I'm like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's a terrible, terrible idea. And like, legit, I mean, we know, for one, they should have seen the earlier movie. Right. We know what happened. Thank you. Right. (laughs) They were there were cameras at the college. Like, let's just say nobody goes to the movies. They have footage in this movie of the college. And it's ridiculous that they didn't think about this. But the fact that they just say the Hulk isn't even in the movie, the fact that they have a plan that includes taking one of their fighter jets and shooting it at their aircraft carrier in the sky is unbelievable absence of forethought it is it is military malpractice why they shoot at their own like the ultimate own goal like that nobody saw this happen is the stupidest thing and it is a thing that takes me out of the movie as much as i absolutely love the actual effect of of hulk on a plane (laughs) and the line (laughs) target angry is so good it's really stupid it's really, really stupid. Well, we know the scene was here designed simply to get the line, target angry, target angry. Yep. Like, that is really why this entire scene is here. But as soon as it starts happening, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a helicarrier, and it has two places that it can go. It can go in the water, 
or it can go in the sky. And now they cannot put it in the water because they've essentially punctured a hole in the hull. And so it's just going to flood if they do that. So it's like, how do they fix this thing now? But like, Andy, it, oh. they also are missing one engine already. Yep. So <laughs> yeah. it's already a broken helicarrier and they puncture another hole in it. It's unreal. This is treasonous leadership right here. Well, with a broken engine, at least it could have landed in the water still. Now, and yes, now, now it can land in the water and maybe on the floor of the seabed. <laughs> oh my goodness. This, I, I, I end up having so many problems with this. I'm just like, okay, now here's another, um, this is a, a thought for both of you. If, okay, we, we talked about this quite a bit. Like if, if Bruce is hulking out and they need to get him into the little containment cell that they've designed for him to drop him off of the ship. We've seen it. They held Loki in there. Loki is still in there, actually. But say, for example, that Bruce is going crazy. And say, for example, they say, okay, get in there quick before you hulk out because we need you locked in the containment center. Now, say they do all of that and they're still at sea. How do they get him off of the ship? <laughs> Because they have they're to... taking a sealed container, <laughs> injecting it out of the bottom of the ship. Again, see? they're opening and a hole. Just, <laughs> boom, it bounces right back up into the ship. But the ship's going to flood again. All the water's going to pour in. You know what? Would pro there probably is a shield uh, hole in the top of, like, in the aircraft, the carrier top. So when they open it, they can actually plunge and eject the the <laughs> cell out of the top like a whale <laughs> shooting air out That's of That's a big whale. Blow hole. Pretty big whale. It's the blowhole. Uh, a, a shield blowhole. The helicarrier blowhole. The helicarrier blowhole. Oh. I didn't even know we were going to do this kind of re-engineering of the helicarrier on this episode. <laughs> but I'm very happy we went down this line of inquiry. I just... This 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 aircraft took so much punishment where I was just like, why? Like, why is this thing still going? But it goes. <laughs> yeah. It works. And I'm like, I don't understand why. And it's like so many like you have gods on this floating like aircraft and you have no like smart plan on how to contain them. Like you just yeah. you just like, well, let's just hope for the best. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to work out. It's going it's, it's gonna, to it's gonna happen. Like we're going to put the Hulk. He's super huge in this container. But, you know, we got it. We got it, guys. It's under control. <laughs> That's so funny. Here's another question. Like, are I'm not exactly sure the policies on, on when pilots need to keep their visors on when they're doing activities. But I did think it was very strange. And I guess it's just... <laughs> so that we can see his eye reaction when Hulk jumps on his ship. And I'm like, why does the pilot open his visor just to shoot at Hulk? Like, it was, it was such a strange moment. He's like, are these bullets, are these bullets really bouncing off? Hold on, wait a minute. Okay, <laughs> I have wait. to see that. All right, I think so. I think, I think it's not working. So, yeah, I don't know. And I'm just like, why do you even stay there? That's another question I have. Yeah. I'm like, you know he's jumping off. I'm like, now, now, I'm granted, he would have been a big old Hulk falling down on something. Yeah. So I don't know what he's going to land on. So maybe that's why <laughs> you just have to go to conclusion of, okay, he's not going to actually run, even though he knows what's going to happen to him now that the Hulk has spotted him. 
But I just was like, why don't you move? Like, if I see the Hulk coming at me, I'm like, obviously the Hulk is going to be fine. I need to, like, why are you still sitting there? I know. I know. I mean, you'd think that these people, if they're dealing with the Hulk, if they're, if, you know, if this is the plan for, for Fury to say, hey, we're bringing Bruce Banner onto the helicarrier, he might Hulk out. Here is the, here is the plan. Here's our contingency plan if it happens. This is what you all need to be aware of. And when I see this pilot uh, and his reactions, I'm like, I don't think he got that memo. I think that this is the first time that he's seeing any of this because he's like in such complete shock. <laughs> he's like, he's like what is going on? <laughs> yeah, his his flight report starts and ends with you guys. There's a Hulk on the helicarrier because he's <laughs> this is like no transparency here. This is he feels like I'm sure he feels like the only guy in the know about this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. All right. But aside from our pilot and aside from him deciding to open fire again, it's per orders, but still he opens fire on Hulk. Uh, when what we actually see when we cut inside the wishbone lab is we actually see Hulk and Thor fighting. And it's really kind of Hulk beating Thor up is really what we see. <laughs> And I just I thought it was funny because this is kind of another puny god situation where we really have Hulk kind of railing on an Asgardian here. And I, I was like, you know, I, I guess I never paid that much attention to this particular moment, but this is really setting us up for what we're going to have later. I, I mean, Hulk really seems to be dominating. I mean, how does this this battle between the two of these uh, characters play for you? I mean, do you do you think that uh, Thor should be doing better? Or does it seem does it make sense the way it's playing, Ryan? I think it, I think it makes sense. You would think Thor would like, cause Thor did what he could do, right? Like at a certain point, you only got with so much cause his arm is like this, like teeny tiny compared to like a Hulk size, like get ready to punch you. So he's like, he's the only person that can take it and might get back up. Like it's going to take him a little bit to get back up, but he's the only person that can take it. But I also like the fact that, um, if I can point out Bruce Banner the whole time, has been laughing at people because he started out at the beginning, like up to this point saying, Oh, this is a bad idea. This is, I've been keeping this in contained. This is a bad idea. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have this big, so it's like, whatever you get is what you get at this point. Cause the whole time he's like laughing, like I've been containing this. I told you guys to leave me alone. I don't know why we got to keep doing this. Keep putting me in these situations. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> and then the one person that should be able to stop him with a hammer. It's got nothing. Like he's trying, but it's got nothing. And it's just like, what is, I don't know. I'm just, it's just the fact that he's just laughing at everybody. This like up until this point, trying to stop him. And he said, this is a bad, like whether you submerge him or you put him in the air, it's a bad idea to try to contain him. And they're just like, it's, it's no worries, guys. We got it under control. That's a wonderful sort of take. One of the things we've been talking about a lot in, in regard to Loki is like his, general vibe of like hubris like he's just so full of himself like he can't you he can't be fooled he's but that's also shield's sin too right it's the sin of hubris that they are that they believe they have the technological prowess to contain this monster who yep. obviously knows better and they just need to be like this is the sequence where they need to be taught that you that you don't have what it takes to contain this monster and we've been trying to tell you that but now we have to demonstrate it i think that's i it, it's that is like if they if we're looking for redeeming like qualities in this weirdo sequence that's it that I just love watching Hulk go to town on anything that destroys this helicarrier, which I'm in <laughs> camp cool. Like, I think helicarriers are cool, even if they're stupid. They're cool. 
and right. that Hulk blows the crap out of it is just really satisfying. <laughs> it would be so great, though, like when he comes to as Bruce down in the uh, the little um, hangar later. Yeah. That if he would look up in the sky and just kind of see this smoking helicarrier, like barely hanging on, he, yes. and he just kind of looked up and said, I told him. I told him. <laughs> yeah. That would be great. That would be amazing. Oh, so funny. It is. Is this the last time, though? Like, like when we're thinking about, can you, what other sequences of Hulk going totally mindless rage monster and destroying some uh, bit of important property in the series going forward? Because after this, he's on Team Avengers, right? Well, yeah, but they do have to bring the Hulkbuster suit out in the <gasps> in the next good film. So I mean, That's there is still point. some. He does go yeah. a little wonky. He goes yeah. sideways. Why does he go sideways? Do I not? Man, we're going to get to that one minute at a time. Yeah, that'll be a little. You know, yeah. five seasons down the road. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, Hulkbuster, you're right. That is a sequence. Yeah. I was just trying to think of, like, when did they really start to suck the conflict out of this character? Because it's a, uh, Ryan, it's a long-running thing. Like, how sad it is that this is kind of the last time Hulk has any real stakes. Yeah, with how powerful he is, I'm like, use him, put him in. Yeah. Like, I hated that in, I hated that in Avengers um, Infinity. Like, I hated that. I hated that. I was like, Why? I didn't understand, but I mean, I know that's a whole other podcast show, but I'm just like that. It frustrated me so bad. I was like, why is this happening? You mean as far as like when he's Professor Hulk, like that whole side yes. of it? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, that, is, that does us no good. That does us no good. Like everybody else is 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 like to the max as far as their powers. And they just and they have put them- Ruffalo in the Hulk suit. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing right now? Like, what is going on? But I just, I didn't understand that. I was so frustrated. <laughs> like after this point, I was like, you have him tearing this hanger apart. And later on, you're like, oh, no, he's he's better. And let's put him in a robot. And it's like, you know, he's the professor. (laughs) That is that is interesting. It does feel like they were. I don't know. We've talked about Hulk a lot. We that that part of Infinity War hasn't really come up yet as far as one of the problems with Hulk. Usually it is that he becomes Professor Hulk and all that. But the that angle of Bruce being unable to actually go through the transformation anymore and he's kind of stuck as Bruce, um, it's like they've been trying to come up with ways to still uh, you know, kind of keep this character going in interesting ways. And, and it's yeah, yeah it, it does feel like they've struggled a bit. Well, and in doing so right here is when they started forgetting what the actual interesting ways are to take this character. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. Truly. Exactly. Yes. Well, and I suppose it's because, you know, they run into these situations of like, well, we can't really, you know, put him on a helicarrier again because, you know, it's it's there's so much destruction. It just doesn't make sense, you know, and, and they realize and this is the challenge of the character. But again, I like to think of it as a great challenge for the writers to craft situations where you don't want Hulk to, or you, it's that balance. You want Hulk to Hulk out or Bruce to Hulk out so that he can help you, but you also have to be conscious of where are we so that he doesn't actually destroy us all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say that last toss that Hulk does with Thor, it's like he picks him up and throws him high. And Thor crashes into like an overhead monitor and just knocks him straight to the floor. I was like, God, that just looks painful. And it did make me wonder, it's like, what does it actually take to break a bone in an Asgardian? It's like, I'm assuming 
at some point, I mean, they are physical beings. There is some point where, like, they would break a bone or something. I mean, we did see in Thor, the movie, that when they went to um, to, to uh, fight the Frost Giants, that, I mean, some of the Warriors 3 were seriously injured, and they had to go to the healing room. And so it does make me wonder, though, in a situation like this, especially against Hulk, like, I mean, obviously, they don't want to break Thor's bones before the big final fight, but still, it's like... Could he break his bones? I, I don't know. I was just curious about that. I don't know. It looks like it might hurt this toss, but it doesn't feel like it doesn't look to me like he's he's out, Thor. It yeah, looks well, like he's yeah. he's on the ground, but then we we don't see him get up. Well no, but we do see him dive out of the way once the bullets start shooting. So, Which is weird because Yeah, again. <laughs> by the transitive property. <laughs> shouldn't Thor also be impermeable to these bullets. <laughs> and now that you brought it up, it begs it, it does call the question who is stronger, uh Hulk or a frost giant? Right? Ha-ha! <laughs> I mean, if I, the frost giants and the Asgardians seemed pretty uh, fairly matched toe-to-toe. It's just there were an awful lot of Frost Giants. But when we saw them fighting, they were able to hold their own, the Asgardians, against them. So that makes me think that Hulk seems to be, at this point, slightly better than the Asgardians. So it makes me think that, again, barring a whole bunch of Frost Giants, it does make me think that if it were a one-on-one, that he likely could you know, hold, he could take down the Frost Giant. Again, Loki is a frost giant, so we he certainly kind of see that there. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. That's a good point. We're going to need to litigate this further. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get to this point again. The 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 windows have been shattered. This thing can no longer land in water, and now Hulk jumps out onto the plane. I mean, it is a very funny line. The the target angry, target angry bit that we have here. And I love the shots. This is the section of the film where, despite some of my issues with the way that this plays, I do have a great time watching it because I find what they're doing with the effects to be really exciting. You know, this F-35 lightning that the pilot is flying looks great. Hulk flying through the air onto it is great and kind of like ripping into it. Like all of these pieces, I have a lot of fun with. And so to that end, I, I think that they're doing some fun stuff here. Um, I mean, do you, what do you two think as far as the way that this little sequence here plays between Hulk and, and the uh, the lightning? Oh, I absolutely. Anytime Hulk hulks out, you had to have him fly somewhere. He has the jump and he has the land somewhere because it's always like he's going to take out whatever building, you know, 20 different things before he actually lands because <laughs> he's just so massive. Yeah. So you love to see and just the image of like this huge Hulk on this tiny little looks tiny little aircraft to us, like the way we're looking at it. Right. But, you know, obviously it's, you know, obviously people size like the people is huge. The Hulk is like, oh, look at this little toy helicopter up here. I get to land on. (laughs) So, you know, it's just the idea of like it's that it plays with that kid in you. Right. Like this giant monster lands on this little tight, looks like a little tiny helicopter that he could just toss off like his little toy. It's, it's just so cool. So I, I think that's like anytime you have the Hulk, have him like, you know, he's throwing Thor around like a little doll. Like everything looks pint size to the Hulk, which I think is so cool about his character. That really reels you in. 
I also love that the first thing, so he lands on it, he goes over to the back, and the first thing he does is, like, bust out the vertical propulsion on this this jet. Like, he... <laughs> He rips into the into the center engine so that the thing starts to fall. And I find that delightful that he just knows, like, uh, this is the thing that's hot. I'm going to punch it. It's like watching him climb up. Like once he's grabbed onto the front of it and and he's like trying to uh, I I like that quick shot where he tries to grab the window and it just he he's blown back and slides to behind it. Yeah, but what I love through all of those sequences is every time he puts his hand on the plane, except for when he tries to hit the glass, it puts a giant hole in it. Like it, they do a great job of demonstrating <laughs> like he is not gentle, and he will make his own handholds wherever he needs to. Oh my gosh, that's exactly right. He makes his own handholds. I do find it I really funny, it. like the visual gag of him not being able to get a handhold on the glass is kind of awesome because really, I'm right. He should be able to break the canopy with his if he's ripping a hole in the frame of the plane, he should be able to shatter that canopy pretty easily. I have to imagine. I don't make jets. Look, <laughs> let's just say. I don't full disclosure. I don't make jets, but I find that this has to be this has to be a joke. Uh, I I I guess what I like about it is it's showing that you know he is dealing, especially because at this particular point, like as soon as he's grabbing for that, they fall out from underneath the helicarrier. So so I mean, I'm assuming that he's hit by a whole bunch of wind suddenly, and it makes me think, especially because one hand is like resting on the glass as the other one's getting ready to punch it, and that's when he's hit by the wind, and it just seems like he has no handhold, so he blows right across it to the back. Because um, of Hulk surface tension. Yeah, and uh, it's it's great because you actually do see his like greasy hand marks smudged across the yeah. ca- the canopy, which like there yeah. are so, some great little small moments like that in the effects that I, I really enjoy with what they're doing here. <laughs> I mean, the pilot needed some hope because he has no right. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Once he jumps out of that aircraft, I was like, oh, they were dead wrong for sending this one little tiny pilot out here to stop the Hulk. I was like, they, like what? Like, are you at a table, you know, like having lunch? And it's like, okay, you guys, who's going to be the distraction for the Hulk? Yeah. All right. You pick like what straw you want. I'm like, who? You know what I mean? Yeah, paper rock. Yeah, like paper rock scissors or something. Like, I'm like, who decides who's the poor little pilot that gets to go out here and, and face the Hulk? I'm like, what? <laughs> Worst job ever. Uh, yeah, worst job ever. Absolutely. I And the other part of all of this is that, you know, he I don't know if he is waiting to use his ejection seat until, like, Hulk's not paying attention because he does keep, like, looking over his shoulders to make sure, like, should I do it now? Should I do it now? But then when he finally does pull his ejection, the fact that Hulk catches him, like, that is one of the most terrifying moments of this minute. It's like, oh, my God, that is horrifying that right. Hulk actually oh, catches no, him don't. in midair and then, like, <laughs> gives him a good shake and tosses him. It's like, oh, that is just awful. Awful stuff. And, you know, this is like, I mean, we've been talking about ejection seats and the terror of ejection seats since our first season, Pete, when we did Iron Man, because Iron Man hits one of the, the planes in that film and, and the pilot is forced to use his ejection seat. And so we did all this research about how fast people eject when they pull the ejection seat. And it's something like 200 miles per hour that the chair blasts wow. out of the cockpit. Yeah, just in case that's, you know, the plane's in flames and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it really pushes you out fast to get you away from it. And the fact that this ejection seat is going like potentially 200 miles per hour and Hulk catches it. Whew. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my gosh. The stuff of nightmares. I'm glad that his parachute still worked after all of that. The velocity of an ejection seat is typically very high, often reaching speeds of over 300. Over 300. Units matter. Meters per second. Oh. 670 miles per hour or Mach 1. See, I was The exact off. velocity depends on the various ejection mechanics. That's crazy. That's Hulk fast. Hulk fast. They <laughs> <laughs> always say smash, but he should really get a fast. He should, yeah, get, he should a fast. get a fast. Those twitch muscles. Mm. <laughs> yep. He does. He must do Pilates. <laughs> He's got to do Pilates. Put him on a baseball team or something. I don't know what to do. <laughs> the Avengers baseball team. I just, I, I want to picture that now. Hulk on that. <laughs> we, we, have, we haven't talked about this enough. Hold on a second. When Ruffalo exercises, does the Hulk get stronger? Or does the Hulk's cardiac fitness impact Banner? So are you saying like if, if Ruffalo, as, so if Bruce Banner decided, you know what, <laughs> I don't I'm just going to let myself Hulk go. <laughs> And in fact, the actor Mark Ruffalo. Let's no, take yeah. that out. I misspoke. I don't think the actor Mark Ruffalo is impacted at all by either Banner or Hulk. <laughs> right. But if Bruce Banner decides to let himself go like full Lebowski, like yes. Thor does in Will the Endgame. Hulk go Lebowski? <laughs> right. Or, or as soon as he holds out, does all that fat just burn off right away? And, and then when he reverts back, suddenly yes. he's like, oh, look at that. The best workout regime ever. That's right. That's my question. You just rephrased it. Now answer it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't think it matters. Because if you think about, um, if you think about She-Hulk, remember, like, when he was training her and she had to be in, she was actually She-Hulk and she was, like, throwing rocks and she was doing all of the stuff. But her body, like, she goes back to she's small. Like, they have to have, like, an outfit where they go small, then they Mm -hmm. go big. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, maybe... You know, as a human form, you could do whatever you want, which I think is pretty sweet. Like, if I can get a gut and then I'm cool, and then as soon as I'm, like, ready to beat somebody up, like, muscled out, mm-hmm. you know, like, it, it looks like it doesn't have, like, it's two different things. You know, it's, it always seems like, like, it doesn't really impact their physical form. Although, I am curious, though, if you have a gut and you're not that fast, does the transformation and stuff, does that take more of a toll you know, like that energy that you you take in, like does that take more of a toll? But there you go. I feel like he would still be, you know, he'd still be hulked out if he had a good, I guess, as Bruce Banner. That's it's such an interesting question, and it does make me wonder <laughs> exactly how that would play. But I, I think what you're saying, Ryan, really makes sense. Like, I mean, because obviously. I mean, there are a lot of muscles that he has as Hulk that he doesn't have when he reverts back. And the same thing with She-Hulk. In either case, their bodies change so much that it would be interesting. Like, maybe when he hulks out, it would just, like, spread the fat around so it's not, it doesn't look like a gut. But then it, when he goes back to, to Bruce, it's all back in there. I don't know. It's all back like in it. there, like in a I like sock. it. I like it. He's back in there. Country right. back now. <laughs> Well, because you're, he's not supposed to be a threat, right? Like, you're not supposed to think these people are dangerous. So, and then when he t- turns all green, you're already close to him. So, you just get smacked out of the way. Because you don't, you don't expect him to hulk out. No, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm really glad we covered this today, you guys. We've helped a lot of people out there. Important topics. This, Important topics. This is a great question. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, we do see land below. This is important because we've been debating, like, where are they exactly? I mean, we had Fury a few minutes ago tell uh, one of his uh, carrier bridge techs to put it over the water, you know, put the sun on the left and get over water, which means that they're heading directly south. 
And as we find out, they're pretty much over New Jersey. And so, you know, I was looking at a map of New Jersey and trying to figure out, and I mean, there are areas uh, kind of where you can see this because we do see coast and land and we actually see land beyond the water. So it's actually like, I don't know if it's islands or, or some of kind of the, if we're looking at a bay, I'm not exactly sure, but the southern kind of southern south um, eastern edge of New Jersey has a lot of wetlands and waterways and bays. So, I mean, it does make sense. It, it seems like they probably did some research to figure out what the land needed to look like for where they are. But a lot of those areas are populated, too, like Atlantic City is down there. And it does make me wonder, and this is something we've been talking about since the attack on the helicarrier. It's like, what are they, are they concerned at all about all these pieces falling down? I mean, the land is right below. So that means that this plane that explodes and Hulk will all be landing on the land somewhere. And then we cut to Iron Man and he's do, doing some uh, cutting of debris and also knocking it down there. And it seems like, I don't know, I just wonder if like how much they actually think about this and if they have concerns about, you know, taking out houses or cities or cars or, or people, you know, I mean, it, it seems like there is a lot of potential stuff down there that they could be damaging. I mean, I mean, how does it play? Is that something that we should be thinking about? Or or does the movie just say, you don't need to worry about any of that? You've seen the end of this movie, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've also seen many subsequent properties that they've done saying, hey, you know all that damage that happened? These are yeah. the people that are dealing with all of that damage. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's a great point. Like, they... they are taught they are taught but here in the same movie i think what they're telling us is yeah we're fine (laughs) (laughs) if you want us to save you you probably won't have that bank building but you will be alive okay so just get your get your funds together in that city we're gonna save you but i'm just saying okay like you got the hulk so things are not gonna be together i'm just saying just so they're aware just so they're aware yeah just you know just send out like a you know a little note, a little warning before the Avengers come into town. But I've always wondered that because, boy, they should, they destroy some stuff. Yeah. And I'm always like, is there like a budget for the Avengers? You know what I mean? Like when they start getting, you know, that they like, I'm going to send this amount to the city just because we already know we're going to break some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just be it's forewarned. Like, you may want to like, like carbon you know. offsets, but for violence. <laughs> yes. Like we already know we're going to rip up your city. So just be ready. Cause I always, I think about that same thing, Andy, that you brought up every time I watch one of these movies, because it's fun for us. Like I love it, but I'm in the back of my head. I'm thinking they have destroyed like it. Like, can you think about the construction? Like you would have to take a different route to work for like months. Yeah. If you look at like the way they tear up these streets and stuff, like trying to fight these bad guys. And it's just like, like I'm, I'm in Charlotte and like, we just do construction just whenever. Like you're just the roads are just plugged up forever. So I'm thinking about Avengers in town. You rip up all these streets. Do you know how long it's going to take me to get to work? Like when they have to rebuild this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's like just, it's get a funny. new job yeah. territory, right? It's like you're right. leaving New York City is what's really happening. Exactly, because it's it's crazy. I'm like, how do they rebuild all of this stuff? It's nuts. There is there should be like a at least a one shot, if not an entire Disney Plus series on like the challenges of New York City real estate agents. Like, Ooh, right? Nice. I like or it. recruiters. I like, like, no superheroes yep. at all. It's just straight up, we can't get people to move back into the city because the but Avengers I, are yep. here. I like to imagine that actually they have incentive programs and different <laughs> city and state governments are actually saying, 
you know, we, you know, we need to raise funds from you, our taxpayers, because yeah, because when the Avengers come, when, when somebody comes, like we want the Avengers to come because think of all the new jobs that will be created. Think of all of the workers that will have to house for all of this. Like it's, it's a whole incentive to bring, bring workers and actually kind of grow their economy. And that was the whole thing, right? Hail Hydra. That's why they permeated the, the <laughs> congressional ranks is because they needed to get their, their pro-development tax incentive programs through because of the Avengers. This is so brilliant. I never even I had no idea what we've created here. I, I kind of feel like that's two different programs, but it's fine. <laughs> more uh, all, more than merrier. All the, pro, all the great programs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It may be a few different programs. I think he scared a couple people, Pete, but that's just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it's so funny. Because, I mean, Iron Man, we do see him. He's up on the the engine trying to fix this. There's all these broken pieces of debris. It looks like, from what I can tell, he's cutting off pieces of turbine blade. I'm guessing some of these turbine blades got damaged in the attack. And so he's just cutting... Entire giant rotors from the turbine blade and just jumping on them to drop them down to uh, the fields of New Jersey below. Um, yeah. I mean, those are big, big chunks. Oh, I'm sorry. Fields of New Jersey. Mm, yeah. Pour it out for the fields of New Jersey. Yeah, right. What do you two think of the laser, his laser beam? Uh, yeah, like out of like his, a cutting his laser little wrist, his wrist thing. Yeah, that, that um, blasts us forth, breaking the fourth wall, shooting us right in the face. Uh, like, what do you think of that effect of, of choosing to do it that way? Oh, I, I, I love the look of it. I love, I, yeah. I love it. I think it's great. I love tool, tool time Iron Man. <laughs> but I mean, like, do you like the breaking of the fourth wall by shooting it in her face? You don't. I take it by your question that you don't. I think it's fine, but it is an interesting thing that we've seen a number of times in this film where they've said, you know, we're going to have Loki stare right into the camera. We're going to have Black Widow stare right into the camera. Here we have Iron Man shooting right into the camera. And I just, it's an interesting technique that I'm like, I don't feel like I've seen much in a lot of these uh, Marvel films. And so it's interesting that in this film in particular, we're, we're, I mean, this is the third time at least that we've broken the fourth wall by having something directly impacting the lens or and whether it's a look or uh, in this case, a laser. Man, imagine it like 3D or something. You know, like I don't know if I want to I, imagine I I a laser shooting me in the eyes. I think I would definitely duck in the theater if it was if it was thirty. I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's like uh, the more advanced effects guy. It's I think it's more dangerous. I guess to have it coming directly at us. I guess if you think about the the scope of a Marvel film, but I don't know. It's something like it's something cool about ooh, you know, like it's all about that imagination of like bring that little kid out of you. And you're like, oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. Like, bring it directed this way because I want to be able to do that from Iron Man suit. Oh, that's cool. Not that, you know, but as adults, we're like, bro, you point, why are you pointing a laser in this direction? Like, I don't want to <laughs> see, like, what you're doing? But, you know, if that, to have fun, I'm like, just looking at it when I first saw this, I was like, oh, I want that Iron Man suit with the laser. Like, how does that work? And, you know, the destruction, the destruction is enticing, but it's dangerous. Yeah. I don't know, all at the same time. It's like Iron the Iron Man PowerPoint suit. Yep. There <laughs> well, you go. I mean, I think that's 
I think that's a good way to kind of describe it because I mean, it's, it does feel very much like comic booky. This is kind of like the toy. It's like, Oh yeah, it's really fun to see it that way. And then by, by having it kind of hit directly into the lens, it's just kind of a fun way to do it where we really do get to see a really cool effect version of it. Kind of with almost like that little firework explosion as the laser kind of hits us in the eye. So, I mean, it is kind of fun to see. Um, so, I mean, to that end, I like that they, I, you know, I, I, I like it. I like the effect, but it is one of those things I, d- I definitely wanted to point out. And, you know, I skipped it. I totally forgot. Before we get to that shot of Iron Man, we do get the shot of the plane blowing up. And this is one of those more modern sorts of shots that we started getting with, like, the TV show Battlestar Galactica, where... And actually, I mean, even jumping back to, again, to our writer-director, things like Firefly and Serenity, where you have a, a something in the sky very far away. Typically, those were in space, but we have something very far away. We've got a very long, wide shot, and the thing blows up, the plane blows up, and then we get a slight zoom in on it, the focus has to adjust, and then it kind of starts tracking Hulk, almost as if kind of like a documentary crew is kind of following it. And you get to see you see Hulk falling and you have the oh as he roars and falls. I mean it's a really fun way to kind of show that. What how, does that do you two like that style of production where we're so far away from something like that? I do very much. I, I think it actually brings me like it makes it feel like the next voice I'm going to hear is Richard Attenborough, right? Like here's a wild Hulk and you can see his leap is incredible. Right. Like it just feels or, like or David Attenborough. Right. David Attenborough. Yeah. Right. Right. All the Attenboroughs are really good, though. Richard Attenborough does agree with dinosaurs. Yeah. That, well, <laughs> maybe he would be better with Hulk. <laughs> That's <all>. true. <laughs> yeah. I like now that we know the pilot is floating down wherever he's going to float down in New Jersey. It's cool to be like, yes, the Hulk finished it off. Smashed it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like you. I like to see that ex- that explosion at the end. Like, you know, it's final. You zoom out, see him. So it's just like his power. It's just like you can't contain how much power he has. So explode, you know. Yeah. So I love the, I love like the, the just the bigness of it, and it's just like everything is demolished. Yeah. You know that pulls you into the scene. Yeah. It's a nod to like you know news. It's a nod to um, you know I I use a documentary. I I like that, but also military, like early military footage, trying to capture actual engagements um and and i i feel like that because this is kind of a pseudo or paramilitary operation it, it feel it like it keeps me in that mood it like captures that vibe of of um of what we're supposed to be looking at and the fact that hulk is still big enough that you can see arms and legs as he's flying through the sky is of note like you talk about the 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 issues of of scale and how giant he is on this tiny plane on this like toy plane and then see him as if falling from space and you can still make out details is awesome it's very fun it's such an interesting style of production like where did that start with Firefly or or was it Battlestar Galactica? It's like that technique I really remembered from Battlestar Galactica, but Battlestar Galactica is that that was the first time I remember it actually being like driven home because it's military. Like it's such a super military thing. It just feels like such a throwback and that so much of that show was a throwback. And um so I yeah, that's that was my first big memory of it. Okay, yeah. You know, Ryan, we've talked about Hulk quite a bit, but we haven't really had a chance to talk with you uh, about this particular Hulk, about Mark Ruffalo as 
Hulk. Um, when you first saw this film, do you remember, were you excited that Mark Ruffalo was playing Hulk now instead of Edward Norton? Was it a change that you didn't really care about? Uh, like, where where did you end up landing with this? I think I appreciated Edward Norton as Hulk, but it always kind of like something always felt a little off about it. Like, it didn't feel like it was all like it was fully the Hulk to me. Like, I don't know if it was like his personality or something just felt a little different to me. Like, obviously, he fits into an action star role. But something just still wasn't given that, like, I don't know if charismatic is the right word, but it, it's something about Mark Ruffalo that pulls you in as the Hulk. And I don't think I thought about it until I really, until the next time we see him, for some reason. I don't think I thought about it that much in his Avengers because I was more looking at the action scenes and just wanting to see him smash stuff. <laughs> right. But it's like the more you see him in this role, it feels like he was born to play the Hulk. The way that he can he can manipulate just having... Um, you know, like he's, he's very, he's, you want to, you gravitate towards him. So, cause he has that personality, that caring personality and all of a sudden, you know, and that kind of like where he doubts himself a lot and he's not really sure of himself. He plays that really well. Then all of a sudden he'll hit a line that just zings you or you're, you're taken um, off guard by his brain. And then all of a sudden he's this big giant Hulk. That, you know, you can't stop. And I think that's the magic of the Hulk is that this unassuming person is just bigger than life and you can't stop him. Like somebody you would underestimate. You can't now you can't stop. And there's nothing that can go against him. And for some reason, Mark Ruffalo, like, I don't know if it's the look because, you know, I think he, I mean, he's a very handsome guy. So it's not like you're going to run away from Mark Ruffalo. Right. So <laughs> it's I think everything about him kind of just like draws you in. And I'm like. I think he gave Edward Norton a run for his money when they finally put him in this role. Because I remember reading something about, like, because I was curious about why they did the switch. And I was remember reading something about, like, Edward Norton had more of, you know, he's more popular at the time. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So they were like, let's go with him, you know. But I was like, when Mark Ruffalo hit the scene, I was like, this is the Hulk. I can't imagine, like, anybody else, you know, uh, playing into that role now. Like, if they were to bring him back, if they were to do another Hulk movie, I'm like, you got to get Mark Ruffalo. Like, you got to put him in this role. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that unassuming, the way that you describe him, I think, plays, I think that's definitely an element of him. Like, Mark Ruffalo seems to have that. There's a kind of a quietness to him that I think kind of plays that Bruce side really well. Well, I mean, this has been a great conversation with you. We're going to be talking with you again in, oh, I don't know, probably about a month. I think we're, uh, once we get into the hundreds, you'll be joining us to talk a little bit at that point. But at this point, um, let's call this uh, episode good. So, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us here today for Minute 81. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime there's an aircraft, call me back, guys. <laughs> I don't know if for the next minute there's an aircraft, but you know how to be like, Right. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, is that how we know when you'll be back? It's like a dog whistle, right? There's aircraft. <laughs> and Ryan's like, you got me. <laughs> Anytime. Right. Red yep. phone. As soon as I see the minute yeah, Ryan, and I see a plane, I'm like, that's it. yes, put me in that slot. It's got to be that slot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So funny. Uh, tell everybody about where they can tune in to some of the stuff that you're doing out there with Black Girl Nerds. Uh, Black Girl Nerds on all social media platforms, Twitter, Switch, Instagram. Yeah, we're just, you know... Black women trying to give our perspective on all kind of cultures. Star Wars is big right now that we have a lot of stuff out with all that Star Wars celebration and stuff that just happened recently. Um, so you can catch a lot of that. We're always doing live recaps on on um, YouTube on our YouTube page. But yeah, just follow us on all the social media. Subscribe. Um, you can find me personally at November Bear on Twitter if you want to see some of the stuff I'm doing. Just personally sending out. 
But yeah, guys, this was great. Like anytime I can talk to you guys is hilarious. And I just, I'm so excited to do it every time. It's always a good time. Oh, well, we are thrilled. We, uh, we love having you. We love, uh, love these conversations with you. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, everybody, uh, for Minute 82 with uh, Michael Gravano. He'll be in the house for a few episodes. So tune in for that. And that's it for now. So Pete, thanks as always. Tomorrow, Andy, no more pretense. We're just throwing people to their death now. <laughs> Until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Message to the World by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show.